All right, Keila, how do we start this off? Do we start off with, uh, <laughs> we don't have no tagline, y'all. We don't have a tagline yet. I mean, we, we, we got nothing. So, all right, first kind of mini introduction. We are the high table. We are a group of Black women firm owners who have, I think you'll find a really diverse way of that, how we run our businesses, why we started our businesses. We wanted to give y'all an introduction today, but really we came to this and Nicole, you can obviously speak more to how kind of the group came together, but we came to this specific platform because we were having so many conversations where we were dropping gems with each other that all of us wish that we had had in other ways and wanted a way to put this out into the world so that we could share those gems, but also learn along the way and kind of build in public as we go through our own shifts and seasons in our businesses. Yeah, you summed it up really nicely. Okay. Perfection. Hey. Yes. All so right, Nicole, so you want to start with how you got the high table yes. together and then we can introduce ourselves individually? It's only some of us here, but, but just an overview of why you made yes. it. So it's a total of six of us now. So basically we were, well, I wanted to like be with a group of diverse black women firm owners. And so I reached out to a good friend, Jess, and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Do you know any ladies that want to be a part of it? And then pretty much we, we, we um, each gave some names. We started the group. We had masterminds, monthly masterminds. And then we also had live retreats in different cities so we could go and just you know collaborate with each other problem solve and troubleshoot with each other and so here we are today and like keila mentioned we have so many great conversations in our chat group and through group calls that we decided you know what we need to make this more available or make you know show others that we have some great opinions ideas about running firms and you know we just do it a little bit differently though it was funny. I was thinking of us as New Edition. I was like, I'm the newest <laughs> member of New Edition. Yeah. You're Johnny Gill. I'm Johnny Gill in the DC area. <laughs> okay. Introductions. Since yeah. I'm the newest, I'll start. And it's a couple of us here. We'll make sure that everybody gets um, included as we have more episodes. My name is Keila Hill Trawick. I run Little Fish Accounting, which is a small, I guess, boutique CPA firm for professional service providers. Um, as Barbara will tell you, my niches got niches. So we specifically <laughs> focus on businesses um, who provide professional services. So think lawyers, other accountants, consultants, coaches who have one owner because I ended up not living partnerships. And yeah, I one of the things that I would say just to add to this group is it has truly been a friendship. It's been nice to be able to Talk about work as a component of our lives and not just a let's always be on the business. We talk good, we eat good, all of that's been really great. <laughs> always eat good, yes. Always eat good. Thanks to Barbara. That's a prerequisite. <laughs> so, hi, I'm uh, Barbara Richardson, owner of Springwell Financial Solutions. And similar to Keila, I do specialize in working with professional services firm. I am open to clients that have more than one uh, more than one owner. So I definitely have my handful of partnerships, C Corps, S Corps, all the things. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up based in Atlanta, but I don't even know that that matters anymore because I think we're all pretty much location independent, have clients all over. And I just enjoy working with those that particular site. And I'm Nicole Davis. I'm the owner of Butler Davis Tax and Accounting and BD Payroll. 
And we primarily work with independent pharmacies, construction companies, and service-based businesses on the accounting side. And we work with a bunch of local businesses on the payroll side. So that's pretty much a quick summary of, of the three of us on today's call. All right. So I'm kicking it back to you, Barbara. Why did you decide to leave? You were in public for a little while, leave public and start mm-hmm. your own firm. Yeah. So public was, I think I was a little ahead of my time because <laughs> I'll never forget the very first day I was on an engagement in public accounting. The senior accountant at the time just gave me a story that I think she was really being passive aggressive about how she wanted to let me know that I was expected to pretty much work around the clock. She tells me the story about how in her first trimester of pregnancy, she was at work. She didn't even take off, how she would take breaks to go, you know, kind of vomit in the trash can. And I just really stink instinctively at that moment. (laughs) I knew instinctively at that moment, that was it. I was like, okay. So my whole thing was to put in the years to get my CPA at the time. In order to get your CPA license, you needed either two years of public or five years of private. And so it all became about making sure I met the requirements for my CPA certification. Left public, went to private, which I loved, but I got very bored in private. I was in uh, commercial real estate and then I eventually ended up in banking. And I loved it, but I just hit a a glass ceiling where what they won't tell you is the higher you go, the less work you do, right? And that's good. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. But I got very, very bored. And it wasn't that I was looking to do more work. I was just looking to be more fulfilled personally. And so I started volunteering with the IRS VITAL program to prepare tax returns for uh, taxpayers within a certain income level. And I really, really enjoyed that. Later realized it was less about the tax prep and more about really helping people, working with people. And my business was kind of accidental. I was not intentional about it, honestly. What happened is those VITA clients started referring other people and people started referring other people. And when it got to the point where I realized when people would call me and ask for my assistant and I'd ask who referred them and I had no idea who even the referral person was, I said, okay. This might be something. So I just took the leap. And that's how I transitioned out of big four to corporate to being on my own. Got it. I didn't know. I didn't know that it was not intentional, but you just kind of fell into it. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely was not intentional at all. (laughs) What is your business anniversary? What year will this be? October. Okay. So I often forget because I really don't remember. I think I'm so lost in the years. I think my business anniversary, 2014, 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I will say, believe it or not, initially, I was less accounting CPA work and more financial coaching, I think it will be the term now. Back then, coaching wasn't like the buzzword. Oh, okay. Hence the name, right? (laughs) I really started out really working with people and helping them get their money together, navigate their bankruptcies, all types of things. Uh, So I was really more into the wealth building side. And then obviously with that, you have clients that have small businesses. And so I had the knowledge, capacity, and the certification to do the taxes and the accounting and the experience. So it was all just a natural fit. But in the beginning, it was definitely more leaning heavily toward the financial side of things the personal and the small business financial side of things. I even had my securities license, just FYI. <laughs> Doing all the things. And okay. Now you don't really do, or I don't think, why, why am I body doing like that? 
Um, (laughs) From what I understand, you don't do a whole lot of that. What made you make kind of a complete shift as opposed to kind of keeping both? It sounds, I think it seems like you kind of got out of financial coaching mostly altogether and moved directly to the accounting and tax. What made you leave that side? Because I know it's something that you're still super passionate about. Right. Right. The demand. I think for so long, I just, I never had time to intentionally market. Like everything was just kind of, I don't know, referrals have always kind of been how I've grown my business. And so what tended to happen is that I just started getting a whole lot more referrals on the tax and accounting side. Once again, in the referrals on the financial side as well. But sometimes those people, at least back then, you know, when you're kind of struggling financially, you don't really have the means to pay or you don't really see how you can pay, you know, because, you know, you're already upside down on things and you're already, you know, alternating between your utilities and, and your water from month to month. But yeah, so mm-hmm. what ended up happening, just to, you know, make that very quick answer that I just, the referrals and the demand pushed me more into the tax and the accounting side. And I loved them all equally. So it was not like I felt like I was giving up anything. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like I was sacrificing anything. It was like all totally enjoyable because to me, it all got to the same goal, right? Like how can I best help this person, you know, grow and further in their finances and in their wealth building initiatives? Well, and you know, taxes are compliance. We talk about that too. So everybody knows that they need a tax person, but everybody Mm -hmm. might not know that they need financial um, planning and support. Yeah, you're right. I'm still very passionate about both. So if you catch me outside of work or even if, you know, you tap into that side of me, honey, you can go. (laughs) (laughs) We still have a whole massive course. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Schedule for this summer. (laughs) I spent this morning before this call, you know, managing some trades. I was in this morning and had a good old time. It's going to be a good weekend. <laughs> Ready. All right, I can go next, Keela. Barbara. All right. So I started my firm. It was after I quit a lot of corporate jobs. So for me, I never worked in public. Uh, I always worked in industry and I usually always worked in paper mill companies. And I'm I, like, like Barbara, I just got really bored in those corporate jobs because generally they make you do the same thing over and over, right? You re- you get really good at doing one thing. And for me, that wasn't enough. It wasn't challenging. So I eventually quit. Then I found a job at the bank. And I and that's where I decided to come, become a CPA because my boss, she was a black woman. She encouraged me to, to study and sit for the exam. I was like, that seems doable now because I always thought you had to, you only need a CPA license to work in public. And I vowed to never work in public because I didn't like audit or tax or anything related to the public accounting industry. So for me, it was, that was where I started. I guess it gave me my start to get my license. And then I would say I decided to go out more. Well, I decided to go out on my own eventually because my parents, my parents are both business owners. You know, I would say they were struggling business owners, but for me, that kind of propelled me to be like, okay, I can help these, you know, these big companies get a lot bigger. I can help my parents, you know, right, really understand and be better business owners. So for me, it was all about helping my dad because that was his full-time job. Like that's the only way he supported my mom and my sister at the time when she was living with them. So yeah, that's how I got my start. Corporate. Not know that. CPA. Your farm owner. Yeah. So I didn't know you know. came from a family of entrepreneurs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My mom was um, 
my mom's a playwright. She's written two books. She has written a couple of plays and put them on in little five points. Um, like the, what's it? Get that stage downtown, a little five points. Uh, and I, I was her business manager. You know, talking about, yeah. And I was her business manager. I did all the behind the scenes things. So I wanted to be on stage, but you know, it needed me elsewhere. Did you know the whole time, like even early on in your career, that you were interested in entrepreneurship? Were you doing anything on the side? Oh, yeah. Or was it not until you got bored where you were like, I'm going to have to do this for myself? No, I think I've been, I've had businesses. I can remember. I'm in third or fourth grade. I used to sell potpourri door to door. Me and my friend what? had danced. <laughs> yeah. We used to buy the potpourri and then we take it and wrap it in tissue and then go sell it to people. Listen, it worked. Okay, I made a little bit of money. Listen. <laughs> and so I think I've had a dance studio. Me and my friend had a dance studio. We made jewelry and sold at the at the beauty salons on the weekends. Had a touring company, had a t-shirt business, I had um I have my mom and I co-owned a production company. We did a series online for um, a comedy horror special. Yeah, so I've been doing this for a while now. Oh, my gosh. That's it's funny like how our childhood meets. I'm sorry. It's funny no, go ahead. Childhood. I was just thinking we talk a lot and I ain't know none of this. <laughs> I was just saying it's funny how our childhood leaves clues right because as she was talking I was like well duh yes obviously I was destined for this because much like her I too started lots of businesses as a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. all into my yeah, teenage exactly. years even, yep. even in college I was tutoring right yes. so come that is so cool right. I what'd you say kicking back to you Keila what about you so I feel opposite. I tried to avoid accounting for basically most of my life. I My mom worked in budget for the government when I was young. Um, she still works in budget for the government. And I thought budget and accounting were the same thing. And I was like, I don't want to do nothing that has anything to do with that. And so when I was younger, was very into reading. I read a ton. Um, thought I was going to be a writer or a lawyer of some sort. Like I thought I was just going to go in the direction of explaining things. I don't think I recognized then that I was kind of moving in a teacher modality. At the time, I was just like, I got to get paid. I like to write. I like to argue. Like all of these things will be good for me. Didn't do none of that. Went to college, changed majors a bunch of times. And I think I told y'all this before. I guess after my sophomore year, I was like, Ma, I need a gap year. Like, I just need some time because I need to figure out what I want to do. And my Black mother was like, yeah, nah. like, <laughs> you going back to school. So that is not an option for you. And because at one point I was a business major thinking that I wanted to go into marketing, I had already taken an accounting class and I made an A in it. And so she told me two things. I had to go back to school in the fall. And I needed to do something that I could get a job in. All this like interior design and these like creative exploits that I was interested in. She was like, you could pursue that later. But right now you need to do something you can get a job in. And so I did accounting. I graduated with an accounting degree. Like Nicole knew I didn't want to be in public because I was in an internship program where the people in public just worked too much. I didn't even know what they did, but I knew they worked a lot of hours And that was not something I was interested in. So I was like, accounting, where else can I possibly work and not have to do that? So I went into corporate, worked for a bunch of, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 10 companies, got bored every one or two years, quit my jobs, and then decided that I wanted to come, no, 
went to grad school, got my MBA in marketing, because again, I want to get out of accounting. This is not what I want to do. Got my MBA in marketing, went to go work for Comcast in their marketing department. They found out that I had an accounting background. I ended up doing accounting for the marketing department. And at this point, I'm just like, I don't want to live in Georgia anymore. I'm tired of doing these jobs. I just want to move. Moved to D.C., started working for the federal government. Again, quitting my jobs like every two years. And I never thought I had an entrepreneurial spirit. I remember talking to a financial planner that was like, what are you going to do when you retire? And I was like, retire? I'm just going to work for the government to the end. Like, I'm not even seeing a world where I don't work anymore. And so I got my CPA. But what's funny about it is I only got it because the government would pay for it. They would pay for your prep course. They would pay for the test. And if you failed it, they would pay for you to retake it. And I had a coworker who was also trying to take it at the same time. Now, I knew nothing about like the requirements of how many years you had to have or you had to work under somebody. I just happened to have already had that kind of across my journey. So anyway, fast forward, got tired of working in the government. And really, the business started from this idea that I knew a lot of friends and peers who were quitting their jobs to work for themselves, but weren't growing teams. It was like one of them maybe like one of them in an admin. And all of them kept saying the same thing. I don't want to do the accounting and tax stuff. I just want to do the photography or do the consulting or whatever these pieces are. And so I really just started with nothing. Like I didn't have any experience in tax. I had never seen QuickBooks before. And I just kind of taught myself going online and taking the courses. And I volunteered with Vita for a while too, to understand how taxes worked. And then it grew to where we are now, but it definitely wasn't the plan. And it's really interesting hearing you all stories because having not come from a background where I knew this was possible for me or had an example, I think it's an important reminder that we can come from a variety of different backgrounds and still end up being successful. I think accounting is an industry that kind of makes you think you do this and then you're a staff and then you're a senior and then you're a director and then you decide whether you want to be partner and then you move to this other thing. And none of us did that and ended up on our on success on our own terms, which is really cool to me. Oh, that's a good story. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I will say I had a very untraditional public career. I didn't do tax or audit in public either. <laughs> I you probably one of the few people that <laughs> that 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 did it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and there was a, a trial program at the the uh, big four I was at at the time, where it was a leadership program, and we did rotations through various service lines. You know, that's how I avoided the traditional path in public. So the hours so cool. was the hours were still there. Okay, depending on the the group we were transitioning in at the time. Yeah. So those hours were, you know, they existed throughout. Comparable. Yeah. Okay. And then the other groups were a lot more, you know, relaxed and, and less, right. you know, time consuming. But yeah. So I think yeah, I remember being in college and being like, I don't even really want to work 40 hours. And y'all out here <laughs> working 50, 60, not interested. Give me a different job. <laughs> Give me a job right. where I can get off at five o'clock and go home. That's so funny. Okay, Keela. You mentioned that your mom was like, yeah, you're not taking a year off. You're going to figure out what you're going to do and you're going to do it. Are you now thankful for that advice from her? Yeah, I I remember when she told me, you know, what am I, 19, 18? You don't understand. Like, I'm trying to build a life for myself and figure out what I want to do. I One thing that I'm glad about is that 
it pushed me to almost be creative about how that was going to get done. If I had to pick a line and it had to be accounting, how can I not do that? Like, how can I get this accounting degree? Yes, I'm going to do the thing, but where else can I go with this? Like, I don't know that I would have realized all of the transferable skills and all of the the things that you are qualified for by having an accounting degree, if she hadn't pushed me in a direction of like, you have to pick something, I probably would have bounced around majors the way that I bounced around jobs. I don't know that I actually would have gone back to school. I feel because I'm high achieving and smart, I could have made a life for myself. I just Mm -hmm. don't know that that life would have been as sustainable as the one I was able to create as a result. Okay. Yeah. So Barbara, what about you? Like what's some of the best advice or one piece of advice you receive during your business ownership period like that you sort of kind of live by still today? I think one of the best pieces of advice that I still kind of live by today is why not? Mm, Okay. (laughs) It's very simple, but generally if I'm going back and forth, having a hard time making a decision, which we often do in business and Mm -hmm. not, we can always, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the way human nature is wired or maybe it's just me. You can always think about all the reasons why something wouldn't work or all the risks involved or and it's like, okay, well, why not? Why not still try? You know, so I tend to think of everything, any decision I make for the most part, I always say, what's the worst that can happen? Because sometimes for me, when I leave that question unanswered, even if I'm just thinking about things that may not go my way, somehow or another, they are more magnified in my mind than the reality of it. So if I just ask myself the question, what's the worst that can happen? Kind of like when I left corporate, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Because up until then, I spent like a year and a half just being totally miserable because I was mm-hmm. too afraid to quit. Oh, you got to pay with benefits. Oh, you, you know, can't yeah, take you time. Got a like, good job. You got a good job, right? All that. But then when I literally asked myself, what's the worst that can happen? And the answer was, you have to get another job. I was like, are you kidding me? I spent a a year and a half toggling and literally the worst that can happen is I just got to get another job or I end up back here doing this again yeah I already know what this is is, but until I ask myself that question you know in my head as if I just let the the net quote-unquote negative possibilities float it just seemed worse than it was if that makes sense yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. I feel you. The same thing. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And like, I can always get another job mm-hmm. once you come to a realization, right? Right. Yeah. And I have found that to be, you know, a, a pretty consistent thing with me throughout whatever kind of decisions I'm making. Like, hey, if I figure out the worst that can happen and I can still stomach it, because a lot of times it's never as bad as we think it is, mm-hmm. then that definitely pushes me to go ahead and make the decision that seems hard at the moment. Nicole, what's the best advice that you've gotten? Now, you we call you our conglomerate, really, within the group. Whatever. The empire you're building over there. But you have a lot of different types of businesses that you feel really invested in all of them. So you have a different perspective. What feels like the best advice that you've received along your business journey? I would say it was, pro- and this is going to sound totally counterintuitive, but the best advice I received was you can't do all that. And I was like, okay, um, bet. Well, let me show you. <laughs> those of us who know you know that does not sound counterintuitive. It ain't a surprise. That sounds on brand. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was like, so what is so, so much as advice? It was more so someone betting against me. I was like, I don't, I could, like, I, I bet against myself. I take that back. No, I do not bet against myself. I meant, yeah, I don't know what I was just saying, but no. 
Like, I don't like when people put they me in the box. They told you you good and you were like, that's what's up. Yeah, I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> As we come toward the end, I think that one of the things that we all value so much is community. And so to piggyback off of that question, I guess I would mm-hmm. lastly ask, what is something that you've learned along the way in being probably specifically a part of this group, but like what has come up for you that you feel like you might not have learned otherwise, especially since both of you have been doing this for so long, there's got to be a point where you're like, I feel like I mostly got this. And then something new kind of comes in and changes your Mm -hmm. perspective. What has that been for you two? That's a good question. I'm gonna let Barbara go first. Barbara's over here thinking, "Mm, the thing about our industry is it's constantly, it's always evolving. And this could be true for other industries as well, but ours is constantly evolving. So I think that I don't know. I know that's a hard I, I question, to, right? I, yeah, I have to noodle on that. All I can think I can of. Get back towards you. You <laughs> tell us. What's your question? Maybe. That's <laughs> about. It's yeah. you know one of the things that I think has been a really good reminder for me is the value of transparency. Like, I just feel like in most communities, in most places that we're in, everybody talking around the thing, everybody giving you Ugh. ranges, everybody's kind of telling you what they do. It's like, I do this. And then you're like, drill down on that. Like, how do you do it? And it all feels like it's proprietary information that nobody can share with you. I think one of the things that's been really valuable for me and has helped me to share more is We share everything from numbers to processes to templates to like, if you need a thing, if one of us got it, we're going to make sure that you have access to it. Mm -hmm. And I think in an industry that's constantly evolving, but often gatekeeps, it's been a nice reminder of how we all get further when those doors are opened And if you don't learn that, you gatekeep too. When somebody asks you, you're like, oh, it's in my resource library, pay for my community or pay for this subscription of a thing as opposed to, oh, you're not me. So I can give you that and you can build whatever you want to Mm -hmm. off of it or you can steal from this thing that I made and I don't feel threatened by it in the way that I think that our industry kind of teaches us to feel threatened by somebody else doing the thing that you're doing. Also think, you know, thank you for that. And I totally agree. I also think one of the things that I, I vehemently protest against is the the culture of our industry. Yeah. <laughs> I to your point about gatekeeping, that's part of the culture, right? But then also part of this the culture is this this concept that we've got to be like worker bees and stressed and this whole trauma bonding that we do where it's like, oh, let's all get together and talk about how miserable our tax season was or how, you know, demanding some of our clients could be or all the IRS and all the state and oh, and oh, and oh, and oh. And I'm like, that is not the life I want. (laughs) So it is nice to be in a community where Mm -hmm. we all want the same thing. And it's not that because we've all figured out that you can absolutely enjoy the fruits of your labor without this industry totally consuming us, without us having, but that's literally part of the culture of this industry that I'm going to stand 10 toes down and I'm going to plant my flag and I'm going to protest very loud that it does not have to be that way. 100%. So just to piggyback on that, so yes, now I have a better idea of what to say. 
Still ideas. <laughs> this went on the agenda. Sorry, people. Yes. Think <laughs> about both of you. So yes, Keila being saying that yes, having having a community, a group of women, like the six of us, just knowing that we have each other's backs, right? Knowing that we can come to each other for anything, and then the other person will literally drop what they're doing to help you out. Like that is the type of like you don't get that in other places. So I think I appreciate yeah. that about like what we've been able to like form together and kind of nurture together. And then to add with Barbara, yes. So for me, like I said, I never, I never worked in public. So when I started my firm, I thought I had to be like in a public accounting firm, right? Because yeah. I was watching all the ones that were public on social media. So I got to do this. I got to do this. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I don't have to do any of this. I can do it my way. And so for me, it was like, Taking vacation during tax season, like Barbara does every year. <laughs> yeah, goals. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly right. And then decided, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna go work with a certain type of client. And then I think the one of the biggest lessons I learned, like I don't have to take any client because so many not interested. Yeah. They'll take a client and dread it, but they'll charge more, calling it a Peter fee. And I remember yeah. was like, why? Like, there's no amount of money that would make me take someone that I don't want to work with, right? Mm-hmm. So just, you know, just being around here, hearing other perspectives of how they run their farm has been like key for me. Yeah, Yay. I don't believe Peter Fees. We can save that for another, another. Hey, <laughs> we're going to have a whole conversation about clients, who we pick and who we don't. What'd yeah. you say, Nicole? I'm talk the whole lot. We gotta get this this edit down to 22 minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to edit some of my stuff out. Be good. I think all I, right. I, I'm not. I'm not used to podcasting and all that. So Keila has to. Oh, Listen, sorry. we'll get better at all yeah. of this. So that I is fine. I think. I think. I'm, yeah, I'm ready now. After, yeah, after one, I'm ready. All right, this all warm up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we gonna come back. What we say? Monthly. Yes, monthly. Monthly. So we'll have another episode for y'all in a month. And we'll let you know what that's about when it shows up. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Have a good weekend.